Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. You're listening to Buffalo Shots Podcast. Hello again and welcome to another Horror Shots Podcast with me, Casey. This episode is brought to you by the wonderful people over at MorbidlyBeautiful.com. If you are a fan of anything to do with horror, from movies to books and even music, be sure to head on over to MorbidlyBeautiful.com right now. They have reviews, interviews, lists, best ofs, everything. They also have a wicked library of podcasts to listen to, so when you're done here, do yourself a favor and go listen to those ones too. I do have some news regarding the podcast, which I won't reveal just yet, but be sure to keep an eye on my social media for more details regarding some changes around here. Nothing crazy, so don't worry about that, but it's kind of exciting and new. But on to the cast today. We are back on the road through the USA. After taking a detour to explore the origins of Friday the 13th, we're pulling over in Indiana. If you recall, the last time we made a stop in the States, we looked at the heinous murder castle of Illinois, which was built by the infamous H.H. Holmes. If that was a little too true crimey for you, fear not, we're back with a case of something a little more mysterious in the realm of the supernatural. It's a familiar happening, and if truth be told, it's not just isolated to Indiana. We even talked about a cousin of this guy's, way back when we stopped in Florida. Today, we're looking in to the Crosley Monster. Indiana is home to many things, including the Indianapolis Colts, and apparently it also produces more NBA players per capita than any other state. I guess somebody had to produce the most, and sure, why not Indiana? Other than that, it is also the 17th most populous state and the 38th largest by area and it sits in a weird little spot not quite Midwestern, though it is considered as such. It's not quite Eastern, and it doesn't quite hit the Great Lakes. It's almost as if it sits in this string of states that are in a sort of geological purgatory. I don't know why, when I looked at the map, that's kind of what comes to mind. Indiana is home to one other thing as well. Well, many other things, but specifically for the sake of this podcast, that one thing is a Bigfoot-like creature called the Crosley Monster. I've said it once and I'll say it again. A creature like Bigfoot has to have some basis in reality. From Washington State to Florida and everywhere in between has spotted a massive ape-like creature wandering the woods of their parks and forests. Sightings of Bigfoot aren't just isolated to the mountains and forest regions of the Pacific Northwest, and they aren't just spotted in North America either. We have the Yeti of the Alps and the Mende Barong of India. Sightings have been worldwide, and I can't emphasize this enough. He is out there, but I digress. The Crosley monster, however, is a fairly new addition to the world of cryptozoology, even if Bigfoot is one of the oldest. The monster is named as such after first being spotted near a fishing pond in Crosley, Indiana in 2006 making this guy almost 14 years old now, which in terms of history is less than a blip. 
The four boys who originally spotted this creature were just out camping and fishing for the weekend, and the last thing they expected to run across was a seven-foot hairy beast. After all, they hadn't invited that friend. <laughs> Funny joke. <clears throat> yeah. It wasn't until one of the evenings, when they were deep into a fishing session, that they heard movement behind them. Something was lurking in the woods. Of course, in that moment, all sorts of things run through your mind. Sure, it could be an animal, like a deer, or some other harmless wildlife. That's on the best-case scenario. However, there are a lot of other worst-case scenarios to think about, like bears, or wildcats, or even worse, a murderer. I've read a lot of true crime, and listened to a lot of true crime podcasts, and, well, yeah. It's easy to put yourself in that situation, and these fellas definitely had the potential to have this situation turn into something bad real fast. Thankfully, it was nothing of the sort, but what they did see terrified them more than the threat of a bear or a machete-wielding psycho. They saw two red eyes peering back at them through the tree line. At this point, all rationality has gone out the window, right? I know if I'm in their place, I'm freaking the crap out. Again, with my experience with horror, fact, and fiction, glowing red eyes are never good. Glowing anything is never good. From demons to spirits, the things with glowing red eyes are ultimately the worst. Yet, even being faced with these glowing, floating saucers hovering close to eight feet off the ground, one of the boys worked up the courage to investigate further. Why? I have no idea. He reached for his flashlight and flicked it in the direction of whatever those eyes belonged to. And according to the story, the sight of the beast was so ghastly that the shock of it caused the boy to drop his flashlight. After being spotted, the monster sort of lost his cool and in the darkness became aggressive and violent. The trees surrounding the monster began to shake as he thrashed and hit them. He let out angry grunts. From the brief glimpse the boys had, they knew that it wasn't the friend that they didn't invite. It was far too large and hairy, even for him. The flashlight, while only lighting the creature for but a second, maybe less, revealed more than just a matted-haired beast. It revealed his face which not only housed those demonic eyes, but a mouthful of razor-sharp, bright yellow teeth. Bravery no longer befell any of the boys. Now petrified with terror, they did not move. And that was when the beast struck. He narrowed his eyes at the party, and quick as a flash, lunged forward. Reality snapped in real fast for the boys, who immediately took off for the woods. The monster dropped to all fours and gave chase. That is an interesting detail. I don't believe I've ever heard of a Bigfoot-type creature going on all fours to run or move faster, but that's what they said. They don't even tend to walk using their knuckles, actually, like a gorilla might do. To me, it sounds more like the movement of a werewolf, but we'll get more on that in a second. Nevertheless, the Crosley monster gave chase, and surely it would have had the advantage. It's the woods, his home, and there's a good chance it has better night vision as well, as I can only assume the boys left the flashlight behind. Luckily enough, the beast didn't catch up to them. At the end of the woods, there was a road that ran parallel to it, and across that road, a cornfield. The boys parked along the road, and their car was within eyeshot. They sprinted and made it. 
One of the boys spotted the beast giving up the chase and crossed the road into the cornfield where they had exited the woods moments earlier. While those four boys were the first to spot this monster, rumors spread quickly, and the beast became known as the Crosley Monster. A little while later, just a few weeks in fact, the monster was spotted again in the same area, in the woods, near Crosley Pond. A young man was out hunting, and this time it was the middle of the day, and he was armed with a shotgun, which is a good weapon to have if you're, you know, being stalked by Bigfoot or a werewolf or some other cryptozoological creature. And while scrounging and searching for an animal, the man heard rustling in the leaves and in the underbrush. At first he thought it was a squirrel, and so he readied his firearm. Then he heard it again, and he came to the quick realization that this was no squirrel. It was much, much bigger. At first he couldn't see what it was, but those noises were getting louder and closer, and soon he could tell that whatever it was that had started to stalk him began to circle him, like a predator hunting its prey. The man spun, following the sound with his shotgun still at the ready. Be it a bear or a big cat, he was ready to take it down. What he wasn't prepared for was a mammoth of a creature emerging from the thicket. Sharp red eyes matched only by the sharpness of its teeth. Matted fur and down on all fours, the Crosley monster made itself visible. Shaken, the man was stuck in position. However, the animal before him didn't seem too threatening. Not like the last sighting. Throwing leaves and bounding about in circles, the monster looked as if it were playing. Nevertheless, the boy took the opportunity to run. Run as fast as he could back into the woods, far from the monster. When he looked back, the thing, whatever it really was, wasn't there. It didn't give chase, and for all he knew, it was still rolling around, playing in the foliage. That was the last reported sighting of the Crosley monster. But is this story truly done? I mean, we have to take a closer look at other possible explanations, right? The obvious explanation is a hoax. Plain and simple, there was nothing out there, and the guys made it up to get some attention. If the first four boys did actually see something, it could have been a bear, which ultimately can stand upright and run on all fours, which I believe is their preferred mode of transportation, and if I'm not mistaken, they also thrash about and will claw at trees. The eyes they saw could have been nothing more than an illusion, or the red-eye effect lights can have on certain animals, like when they're hit with the light of a flashlight. A bear seems likely, to be honest, and when people report Bigfoot sightings, most times it is indeed just that. A bear. But if we're sticking with the supernatural, there's a whole slew of other monsters this could have been. We, of course, have to consider what I mentioned earlier in a werewolf. Massive humanoid-like creatures covered in fur that run on all fours? Kinda sounds like one to me. Of course, the second encounter, which takes place during the day, all but kills that theory. While the traditional werewolf only lurks at night, or even only on a full moon, they're never, at least as far as I've heard, been able to transform during the day. But those are the stories of popular culture and accounts that are hundreds of years old. If werewolves or some other kind of offshoot of werewolf, like a wolf-human hybrid or mutated wolf, does actually exist, well, it could very well come out during the day. The Wendigo, or Skinwalker, is also another possibility. These monsters, as you may know, can take on 
the kind of appearance described by these encounters. Fast, upright, but will run on all fours when given chase. Sharp teeth with glowing eyes, it kind of checks all the boxes. And that it hasn't been seen since the summer of 06 does give some sort of credence to this theory as well. Indiana was home to Native Americans for hundreds, if not thousands of years prior to colonization. And maybe something was left behind. The story of the Crosley monster is quite fascinating, mainly because it's still fairly new, and there isn't a whole lot of information available on it. But you know me and the Bigfoot legends, when I come across one I just have to look into it. It's a huge part of why I started looking into the unknown, and the fact that there might be something out there, something we have yet to discover, something of this magnitude, just astounds me to no end. Maybe one day we'll get some more answers about the Crosley monster or Bigfoot in general. Until then, though, we just have to keep a lookout for ourselves. However, that is all I have for you today. I really hope you enjoyed the episode, albeit a little bit on the short side. And if you did, feel free to leave a review on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, or Stitcher. You can find me on social media at HorrorShotsPod on Twitter, HorrorShots on Facebook, or if you're so inclined on Patreon at patreon.com slash horrorshots, where I have uploaded at least one, at this point, possibly even two, episodes of the Horror Shots Mini, or the continuation of the History of Demons series. It's a whole lot of fun, so go check it out. There's also a Discord available for people of a certain Patreon tier, and if you do that, you can talk to other people who enjoy the cast. I'll be on there hanging out as well, so you can ask me questions, throw me suggestions, whatever you want to do. So, until next week.